Here at Holisticism. Delighted that you're here with us again this week on the 12th House. We have a great guest on today. We are delighted to have Marilu Shin on today's podcast. Marilu is a shaman and a medicine woman, and she's incredible. She came into the North Node two quarters ago, and we did a shamanic healing and shamanic journeying with her and talked about indigenous shamanism. And she's just so And we talk about that a lot in today's episode. We talked about the new earth, but we also talk a lot about how the word shaman has been really commoditized by the wellness space. And the lineage of a shaman is that you have to die and heal yourself, or you need to like be on the verge of death and heal yourself to be considered a shaman. Also, you have to be born into a lineage of shaman. And actually the term shaman comes from, I believe, an area in Siberia and now it's sort of spread as a terminology that we'd use for like a medicine person. But there also have been in the last couple of years, shaman schools that have popped up. And we talk about that with Mary Lou and how that's really problematic and harmful. And while being fascinated and curious about mysticism is great. We love that for you. Maybe don't don't sign up for shaman school. I don't know. Just listen to this episode before you before you do. We also talk about timeline collapsing. We talk about shamanic journeying and womb healing and what this new earth paradigm means that Mary Lou talks a lot about and owning the divine feminine. And there's just, there's so many drops of juicy drops of wisdom. So here's the episode. We'll see you on the other side. Mary Lou, welcome. We're so excited to have you on the 12th House podcast. We are ultimate fangirls. Of you. We got to have a workshop, two workshops with you in the North Node and our whole North Node community and our whole team is just like, Marilu is such a dream. She's the best. So thanks for being here on the podcast. And can you lay out a little bit of your background and how you became a medicine woman for our listeners. I'm very grateful to be here and sharing with your community. I was born and raised in Mexico, in Mexico City. And so my upbringing was this blend of timelines, right? Between modern Mexico and the ancient uh, Mesoamerican traditions of my ancestors. So it felt like, you know, I was in between, no, a hundred percent in the modern day Mexico, but also no, like mm. really navigating with the wisdom of uh, my ancestors from those lands. And so it was through a process of remembering, right? Not so much something that I learned or study and any formal education. It was just a, a process of remembering through doing meditation, through connecting to lands that are sacred, that hold some of that ancient mysticism of, again, the Mesoamerican way of living. And through that process, then I journeyed to Peru in 2005. There I received my formal initiation as a medicine woman which again was just a very strong confirmation that in a way I was here to 
reawakened and to bring back from the ashes of the old ancient traditions to bring them back so that that medicine can help people to remember that we are so deeply connected with everything around us, right? And again, those medicines and those traditions teach a lot about the importance of ceremony, the importance of ritual, the importance of paying attention to the cycles of the earth and also the periods of rest, right? So that we birth our creations from a place, again, of integrity and alignment with that flow of life and the flow with the web of life, right? So all of that wisdom came back to me, right, through, again, spending time with elders, with medicine people who walk in this way. And, yeah, just to know how profound that is and how beautiful it is to reconnect and reclaim that ancient ancient way of healing. When you said multiple timelines, when you were growing up in Mexico City and sort of the ancient and the modern, I got such a like visceral feeling of when you are in a place that has history, that has ancient history, you can feel it. You're like, wow, there's so much here. And yet I'm living very much in the present or walking into the future. And I think in the United States, we don't have a lot. We don't have structures that are really old. The land, of course, is ancient. And the people who have stewarded this land have been stewarding it for thousands of years. But it feels more ephemeral. It's more like spirit. You're working with multiple timelines right now as you're going back and forth from being in Mexico to now in California and then going back down to Peru to study with your teacher. So how do you think about timelines? Thank you for the question. I think through a process of conditioning, right, through our way of learning in academia and conventional education, we have forgotten the fact that time does not only runs linear, right? It's, there's not only future, past, and present, right? It's more than that. So in the ancient shamanic traditions, we know that time is actually infinite and that it moves in cycles. So within those cycles, there are different timelines where those timelines hold very specific relationships to time, to space, to earth, right? That again, we need to be retrained in, right? Retrain our vision and our scene so that we can be able to work with those timelines to perceive them. Because again, in those spaces that are always available, right? In those spaces, we can receive so much, not only wisdom, but also medicine. And if we think about the timelines that are of the future, right? Like in, in Peru, when I go to Peru, there is something that I always recognize that with the sacred mountains there and the apples, they're very connected to the timeline of the new earth, right? Like the new cults. And they have kept that medicine and that potentiality alive for a very long time. So again, it's that very different relations to time and to space. And there are there, they have always been there and we can access them at any time. Again, for healing, for seeing into the future, for mending. Yeah, that's basically what the timelines are right now. And and now as we make this shift into the new paradigm or the new earth, those timelines are going to become a lot more 
available for people to work with because again, it enriches our perception, but also facilitate deep, deep remembrance and deep healing when, once we are um, open to connecting with them. Mm. Okay, first off, we have gotten to experience ceremony with Marilu and you are so powerful and so such a clear channel. And there are so many times when I'm doing my own spiritual work where I almost feel like I fall into a groove, like an old groove that I remember. It almost feels like I fall, I've fallen into an old timeline or path. I'm like, I know this. And there's like information. It's almost like a record, right? Like an actual record that you play on the record player where you're like, oh, there's a song here or there's information here. And you just have to get the needle into the groove to hear it and to get access to it. And I feel that sometimes when I'm practicing, especially spirituality from my my bloodline and from my lineage. And mm-hmm. is that I'm somewhat aligned uh, with what you're talking about? Yeah, that absolutely. That is a remembrance of a different timeline, right? Maybe from a past life. But those are, are, again, those live simultaneously. They're always here, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, definitely what you describe is, is having that recognition and the memory of a past life that yeah. lives in, a, in that timeline, right? It is not something that is gone or has, you know, has ended. Rather, it's still here and it's still in existence simultaneously with other timelines all the time, right? Again, it's just a matter of us opening and retraining our perception to be able to tap into those timelines, right? Mm. So yeah. and as, as you were saying how, yeah, there are codes and information that are available in those other ways of time and space. When was the, the like, whoa, okay, this is really happening? For you. Mm, yes, that's beautiful. The first time is when I experienced shock and trauma. I was about 10 years old. I have fallen and the lady who was um, shape shifter in my, in my community, she saw me and she said, like, there's a part of your spirit that's gone and I need to retrieve it. I need to call it back, right? And so she performed my first soul retrieval when I was 10 years old in Mexico City wow. and took me right in, into a time of the past that I was able to perceive, again, a lot of the practices and the wisdom of my ancestors, the Toltec people. Mm-hmm. And so it was through it, an experience, a somatic experience of a soul retrieval that I was able to open my consciousness into, into the timeline that, that connects again to healing, to curanderismo, to energy medicine, to soul retrieval. It was very vivid and it was very somatic. Yeah. And you know, the way she whispered my soul to, to go, to come back. Right. Because again, when we experience trauma or shock, there is a part of the soul that detaches and leaves. And so again, that part of the soul goes into a timeline that is mm-hmm. called the underworld, right? It is it's there. And when this, the person is ready to reclaim that piece, a master healer is able again to tap into that timeline and bring it back and integrate it into your essence, into your body. And yeah, that experience was the first time I had like a very vivid recollection and a remembrance that way. There's a lot more than this 3D dimension than this middle world. There are multiple mm-hmm. 
timelines and multiple realities. Wow. Are we born with, are we born complete or do we, are we often born with part of our soul that's still in the underworld because we come back here over and over again or because but there's these infinite timelines that are sort of happening simultaneously? I feel like at the deepest soul level, you can think about the higher self, right? So at the level of the higher self, we are complete. But when we think about this realm and the 3D dimension, there's also a lot of fragmentation or wounding or reclamation of parts of our soul from previous past lives, from experiences that we have gone through, right? Even heartbreak or experiencing death of a loved one that can also like, you know, cause the soul to disengage. And again, those pieces are there. We just need to be willing to recover them, right? And that's when we become embodied as humans, embodied, not just right, not just in the mind, but embody as whole humans and then connected to the web of life. And I feel that right now, as we make that transition, because right now we are in the in-between space, we are in the amniotic fluid where we don't know what is going to happen once we come out of this transition phase and anchor into the new earth timeline, right? So it's this in-between. And I think that right now, people that are sensitive and that are open in their perception are doing their healing work because the earth needs us to be a lot more embodied and integrated. Because when we are embodied and integrated, we are less likely to be programmed or to be derailed, right? So we are more conscious of how it is that we are wanting to co-birth and co-weave the new new earth timeline. So much of the medicine right now is the medicine of integration and embodiment and coming back to our full essence, women and men, but I work mostly with women. So a lot of it is again, reclaiming the medicine of the womb, reclaiming the medicine of our ancestors, healing, wounding with the mother archetype, with the father archetype. So all of that right now is here in this realm, in this dimension for us to, again, to integrate, do the work so that as we traverse and move into the new, into the new earth, we are a lot more clear and no, you know, no just floating around, following or perpetuating all ways of being. So, and I think to your point, people feel, people feel this like disconnect or the fact that they need to heal, right? They feel the call to get clear and to get back into alignment. And, and then they miss the mark when it comes to like how to actually do that. And we, we talked a little bit before this about plant medicine and mm-hmm. ceremony. And I think that's part of why so many people are being called, feel called to plant medicine ceremony, this woman in time. But they want to like, from where I said, it seems like they want to like accelerate and like push through to like the other side, right? The like the healing. And so as a result, they're treating these really sacred ceremonies and plans and experiences as like a fast track accelerator to like where they want to go, almost like biohacking or something, as opposed to the spiritual experience that I've never done it, but I would, I would imagine that it is. And that seems like, it seems like symptomatic of extractive capitalism. It's like, it's the same, right? It's like, we want instant gratification. 
but we're all, but we also know there's some part of us. It's like we wanted, but we want to heal. And I know that you're super passionate about this. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yes. Thank you, Michelle, for that question. Definitely. Yeah. We, we all feel the call, the deep call to heal and integrate our different pieces, right? As we transition, but this is a process, right? This is a process, process that takes perhaps a few months or a few years of letting go of the old ways of doing business, as you were saying, extractive mindset, right? Like to change that mindset of extraction for one of cooperation, for one of right relationship, for one of harmony, right? Where what I receive, I am also willing to give back because back, excuse me, because that brings so much repair to the web of life. That brings so much medicine to the earth in our relationships within them. And so the plant medicines are a great ally and they want, they want to be of service. They want people to have access to that medicine. But it's important to know that not everybody is equipped or has done enough shadow work and integration of self to be able to facilitate those medicines, to be able to serve or to be able to hold ceremonies, right? So there is where we need to use our discernment, right? That yes, we want to be helped by the allies and the spirits that live within plant medicine, but that not everybody, again, is either a medicine person or is equipped to facilitate the, the healing. Once you are on this path and this connection with the unseen and plant medicines, you know that it takes time. It's not something that uh, you can acquire overnight, right? It takes time to get to know the plant and also the plant medicine to reinform through the intelligence of the plant to reinform you and, you know, prepare you so that you, when you are administering the plant medicine to people, you are not projecting your wounding or your shadow aspects, but you are a clear channel through which the spirit of the plant comes through. And then the plant then can repair, can heal aspects of the person or, or the soul that need the repairing and that need the healing, right? So again, it's being in that right relationship with the plant medicine and also being in the in right relationship with the original carriers of those plants and of those sacred traditions. What do you think of, of places that are resorts where people will go and do ayahuasca in a, I don't know what it's like, cause I've never done it before, but what I, from what it looks like, it's like a very expensive, shiny experience where you go down and hang out in Costa Rica by the pool and then you do ayahuasca at night. What do you think of that? Mm, I have heard a lot of people having bad trips, right? Of having bikes with plant medicine. I even hear of a woman who, after she did ayahuasca in one of those places, she experienced severe depression for about six months, right? Right after. So again, it's a lot of those places are not walking in integrity and in right relationship. And, you know, for me, people need the medicine, but the medicine is to be work and serve in a way that holds the purity and the integrity of the medicine, right? And I will be very, again, very uh, skeptical about going to Costa Rica and just having a retreat and then having the option to part partake in an ayahuasca ceremony 
without, again, proper preparation, because even to commune with plant medicine, there is, is a preparation. You have to prepare your body. You have to prepare your spirit and, you know, be very mindful of your diet before communing. And I feel that those are the pieces that are missing, right? Like people think that they can get there, right? And just, I don't know, one experience is going to heal them. No, it is a journey, right? And, and even healing is not something that happens linear. It happens in a spiral. Healing is a spiral. So it's becoming very trendy. Cacao, ayahuasca, rapé, cambo. It's very trendy and we all want that, right? Because again, we all want to do our work right now as we move into this new timeline. But we need to be, again, very discerning and very mindful of how we are approaching the medicine and also how are we giving back to the original carriers. It has very powerful and potent intelligence that can help us. But yeah, so important to take our time and do research before, you know, going to Costa Rica and just, you know, sitting in, in a ceremony with people who may not be even equipped um, to provide the, the medicine. Yeah, not only does that sound really dangerous, heard the spiritual side, but it seems like just an extension of white supremacy. And that is the opposite of healing. <laughs> Perpetuating that is the opposite of, I think, the work that we're here to do. Mm -hmm. Cacao often, because it's so accessible, also gets caught up, like swept up in a lot of whitewashing. And at least from where I sit, and I, I also know that it is so powerful for so many people who use it and people feel genuinely connected and drawn to it. And I think this was a question that came up inside of the North Node when you taught class, but how can, if we do use cacao, especially like if we have, if we're white and what do I need to do? Do I need to get permission in order to use that myself and in, in my own ceremony or, or for my own like spiritual practice? Yeah. Always right relationship, right? So being in right relationship with the medicine, being in right relationship with the original carriers, giving back. If you are going to facilitate the medicine, like cacao, again, cacao is such a beautiful, hard medicine. And right, people are needing the plant medicine, but again, it's asking for permission, giving back. And even before you take the first sip, that you offer it back to the earth, right? Let me offer to the earth so that I may be in that right harmony, right relationship with the plant so that this can be medicine. This can serve me, right? Not just doing it because it's trendy, because everybody is, you know, having an experience with it, right? And again, if we have the privilege donating to people who have kept the plant and the tradition and the spirit within cacao, giving back in ways that are supportive, right? Because all of those plant medicines are ancient and they come from people who still to this day are marginalized, right? Disenfranchised, who still struggle just to to have their, meet, have their needs met. Just like medicinal mushrooms, right? Are superfood, they, they target the place where you need the medicine, right? The same with plant medicine. So cacao is a medicine of the heart, right? It helps us to heal woundings or if we are shut down in the heart, it helps us to open, right? And to lead from the heart. Yeah, for instance, grandmother Ayahuasca, who she is an incredible teacher. She is a master plant medicine, right? And just to be able to commune with her, one needs to 
come from a place of deep devotion and reverence, right? And she, what she does is she helps us to access, again, those uh, timelines that we were talking earlier, right? It helps, she helps us to remember at the, at the cellular level that we weave within a tapestry, within the web of life, that we are not separate from one another, right? So she helps us again to return to that place of being within the web of life. She also helps us to open our perception and be able to communicate and perceive timelines that again run parallel. The medicine of Cambo, right? That is also a very powerful medicine that heals a lot of blockages of energy that also helps to clear maybe entities that are attached to us. So yeah, each plant medicine holds a very specific frequency in medicine, right? And again, when we train our perception and when we approach the medicine from that place of devotion and purity, they teach, right? They teach and they inform us of, you know, ways in which we can heal or or gives us that medicine that we are seeking. I really can't wait for the newer. I'm excited <laughs> for it. It's happening. Yeah, I guess technically maybe we don't have quite access to that one yet. But what does that exactly, I guess, mean? I feel like we kind of know ephemerally we understand it. But Marilu, for you, what is the new earth? What does that mean mm-hmm. and all that look like? Well, it is, it is already happening. It is already being anchored. And we see it in the way in which all systems are dissolving, right? Little by little, we see it in people reclaiming their sovereignty, their autonomy. We see it in women who are interested, again, in recovering womb medicine, right? Like before, I don't know, I would just, you know, I would have to work harder, yeah, to get women interested. Now it's like I just, you know, I can just announce it once and they are women are very receptive to that because our evolution, our consciousness is moving in that direction. So the new earth is already happening, right? As as well as the dismantlement, dismantlement of the old ways. And by the old ways, I'm talking about patriarchy, right? I, I'm talking about extractive mindset. All those things are coming into this consciousness so that we can have a new space to come into new agreements, right? To say, okay, you know, I can see how colonization, I can see how patriarchy has created pain and has created division and separation. Now I I can choose, right? I can choose to do even my business to run it differently. I can choose to be in right relationship with my ancestors to my ancestors through doing this work. So it's, it's already happening. And, you know, hence the need that people are feeling for the medicine or plant medicines, right? Because they hold that frequency. They hold that capacity, capacity to help us transform and align with the new earth, right? So it is what it is. It's a new timeline and it's a new frequency that is being anchored on the on the planet and it's not something that is coming from the minds of humans it's coming from higher higher order uh, consciousness right it's coming from the celestial bodies right they are helping us to evolve and to heal and to mend all of those relationships in places where we've been bro- broken or fragmented due to our collusion with you know again 
patriarchy, white supremacy, division, seeing people as other, right? So we are giving this space right now, this space in between to do all this beautiful work because on the other side, there is a potential, there is a possibility for living in more symbiotic ways and be integrated, to be embodied, right? To connect with the basin of the womb space, to connect with the ancestors. All of that is here right now, right? And again, I don't know, think about 10, 15 years ago, there was not even in our field of perception, right? So it's just, it goes to show that now we are sensing into the new timeline. We are sensing and we are doing our work so that we aligned with that trajectory moving forward. Yeah, I think what you said about womb medicine and how I, I've noticed so many women lately, just maybe in the last five years, I can't tell if it's because I'm at that that age where I'm like, oh, I got to think about my womb or if it's because mm-hmm. lots of people are coming into this consciousness and I'm not quite sure, but I think everyone on our team was like, I need to book a session with Marilyn just to do a little healing. But I noticed a lot of people I talk to take it really seriously that they're healing their lineage backward mm-hmm. and forward. And even if they're not motivated, maybe by like healing themselves, sometimes they're motivated by, I have to do this for like my past ancestors and my future ancestors. It's really important and how I can like, give, how I can honor them. And I think that's so interesting that that sometimes is the motivator, especially with maybe women of like, well, I'm not going to do it for myself, but I'm going to do it for others. And that kind of reminds me of the new work. It's like why we need to heal ourselves, right? It's not just for the individual, it's for the community, it's for for all of us. Yes. And as you were saying, how that is now coming, right? From, I don't know, it can be coming from a a timeline or it just is coming from our evolutionary trajectory and now it's in the forefront right where again before maybe 10 15 years it was not even available to our consciousness to be able to perceive it right so the the fact that we are perceiving and feeling and sensing into the importance of reclaiming womb medicine of embodiment of ritual and ceremony goes to show that Right, there is this intelligence that is asking us to do the work, right? And because there's this possibility of again evolving in our evolution and how that that looks is right. The more we are embodied, integrated, heals the relationship with the ancestors, the more we help to anchor the new earth, and the more we help the the descendants, our descendants to come into this place, into this, in, this, you know, middle world, but with a different blueprint where we don't feel that, you know, we need to grind or that we need to struggle or that we need to hide aspects of ourselves in order to survive or in order to thrive, right? So what is also happening is that now we are going to be able to actually express and be our full authentic self without the need of hiding aspects of ourselves, right? So it's, it's this possibility of like, be yourself, be authentic, because there's now a space where that is allowed, right? Where we don't have to hide, I don't know if we love, you know, 
tarot or planets, you know, or I, I am connecting with my womb and I am giving my blood cycle to the earth, right? So that now we don't have to hide all that that is taboo or feel that that is like something that we keep for ourselves. Now it has to be open. It has to be open for people to normalize that this is actually so important, right? So important that again, women and men get to be their authentic selves because again, that heals the land, that heals the ancestors and that pushes forward that, po that possibility of the new earth. I think we're seeing that with the breakdown of gender and the, the gender binary. So many more people mm -hmm. are acknowledging like all the dimension, all dimensionality of themselves and the fluidity yes. that they have in them too. It's not just one singular identity that they hold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In our class, you said, you know, when you reinforce an identity in someone that can be very disempowering. And so we have to yeah. be really careful not to do that. And I think we're under, we're finally understanding that like, oh, I can contain multitude and it can all be authentic. Yes. Embracing the nuance. And that's so powerful because we are realizing how deeply connected everything is. There's nothing that is not connected. It's all part of a web of life, right? It's a whole web of life. Everything is deeply connected. How we relate to ourselves, how we relate to the environment, how we relate to the government, how we relate to our ancestors. All of that needs to be examined, right? And we need to come to a place where we are actually feeling that we are in right relationship, right? That we feel that we are in our sovereignty and in our power. And again, so power for me is no power over others. And I think that's also part of the paradigm that has been ruled, has been ruling us, like that we think that power is over other people. No, it's actually power within, right? In from that power, from that place of being integrated, being whole, we can birth forward, right? We can reclaim our th authenticity. And that is the beauty of the work I do, right? Shamanic medicine help us to really like reclaim those pieces where we have given away our power, where we have second doubt or higher knowing, right? Or higher knowing how many people, how many you know, women for fear of rejection or for fear of being criticized, hide away, right? It's their gifts, their medicines, their beauty, right? And so all of that now is we are reclaiming all of that, right? We are reclaiming sovereignty. We are reclaiming power within. We are reclaiming our voice, the connection with the earth. Mic drop. <laughs> I was just like nodding my head furiously. Yeah, I think that the reproductive power and also the acknowledgement of the wisdom and also the trauma, because it's a place that Western medicine doesn't study well enough, certainly doesn't take seriously and hasn't traditionally. And there's so much there. And it's been so shameful, like mm -hmm. it's been so shameful for us. And I, I think that that's why not the only reason, but I think that infertility is at such a high, an all time high is because of the shame that we hold there and how disconnected we are from our our power and 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 also the information that's stored there. And I think it's really, it potentially is frightening how much information we might find if we like excavate on that deeply. Absolutely, yes. And it, yeah, and it's all subconscious, right? We may not even be consciously aware of 
both, right? Like, as you were saying, some of the trauma that we hold as women in the womb or, you know, two-spirit people with a womb, we hold both the fear of excavating, as you were saying, yeah, excavating is such a beautiful word that really describes that, like digging, excavating back to reclaim that deep wealth of wisdom that has been obscured, right? It has been taboo because of the power it holds, the power not only to create babies, but also to create our deepest desires and how we want to serve, right? How we are in service. And so when, you know, and I feel like traditional Western doctor may don't have the wisdom, you know, for that, we go to the medicine people. We go to the medicine women. We go to the high priestesses, women who are trained in the scene, right? Women who are trained in the ancient medicine, whether it's through, again, through the priestesses or plant medicine, women who are trained in those ancient mysteries that carry that medicine, right? That carry that blueprint and they know how to unlock a lot of that medicine because it, it happens somatically. And that's something that sometimes we don't get in the in textbooks, right? Because textbooks are very abstract. So this is like, it's, it's a basically, it's, a, it's an embodiment and it's a deeper knowing and it's a remembrance because in the ancient ways, this is how we heal. It, it was again through circle, through ceremony, when women would come together and speak up, right? And have a somatic experience that that's how we heal. It's not so much with understanding it at the intellectual level or finding it in a book. It's also like hard, <laughs> kind of hard to I feel like we're in the liminal space between the new earth and the old. And as someone, you know, what part of what we try to do at Holisticism is run intuitive businesses that are divesting from the problematic aspects of capitalism, of the oppressive structures of capitalism. Yeah. And there's not really like a blueprint. I find a lot as someone who's running a company like that. And it can be really challenging because there's no one to look at. Like I'm getting a little emotional, but like it's hard and, and it's worthwhile. Like just like healing is worthwhile, but it's also so, so challenging because you just have to trust yourself and know that like, it's going to be worth it. And there's another way of doing things, even though everyone else is doing it this old way and we know it doesn't work. It's still sometimes tempting because you're like, but I know the answer. Like, I know what that path looks like. And I don't know what I'm trying to say other than express that this liminal space can also be uncomfortable. The amniotic fluid. It's like, we want to be born, <laughs> but we also want to stay in the womb in some ways. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I really love that, that idea of being in the amniotic fluid, right? Being in the unknown and trusting that with our actions and the way we are choosing to do things differently, right? Because even this capitalist paradigm, it serves its purpose, but it's no longer sustainable. And we are realizing that it's no longer sustainable. Resources are not infinite, right? There needs to be restoration and re repairing and taking a step back, right? And not being so fixated in instant gratification or expecting things to be the same. This, this planet is saying, you know, it's not sustainable anymore. So now you guys had to come up with new ways and dream new ways into being, new templates, new ways of 
relating and doing business that feels more harmonious, that feels more in alignment with our deepest sense, deepest heart, right? And so it, it is, yeah, it is a little bit uncomfortable, but it's, it's also such an amazing opportunity and such a power possibility for, for where we're going. Yeah. And I know that you, you've expressed it on Instagram, you know, that you get pushback sometimes from people too, because you're a healer and we live in this structure where you also need to get paid for the work that you do. There needs to be an exchange. So that's really hard for people to understand that those two things together, right? It's, we want like to be either or we want to be, we don't want that fluidity. We're like really fighting that fluidity sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we want things to be black or white, but so much of the information is in the liminal, it's in the grace. Yes, exactly. And I'm definitely open to receiving in abundance, but I love to be in that flow and trusting that, okay, you know, I can trust that what is meant to be for me will be there. Even if I take a few days off, right? Even if I need time to fill my own cup, it would be there, right? I don't have to grind or I don't have to feel that I'm competing with other healers. We each have our unique signature. And again, if it's something is for, for us, for you, spirit will make sure that it won't bypass us. And I think that's also a part of the extractive capitalistic mindset. Like, go get it. Otherwise, somebody else is going to get it, right? So it's very competitive. And it's, that's also the cosmovision of, you know, seeing nature as being in competition. But it's really not. It's, it's actually nature works in cycles. Nature works in cooperation, in rhythms, right? And we, yeah, it's only us who are, you know, subscribing to that mindset that go get it. Otherwise, somebody else is going to do it. Yeah, that, that creates an, an imprint, an imbalance in the in the wealth of life, right? So all of that has to be unlearned, undo, and purge. And that is the big purge right now, right? Again, some people are having a harder time, right? People that are like, I don't want to let go. This feels, you know, may not be perfect, but it's uncomfortable for me to let go and then to go through that symbolic death because I don't know what is in the other side. Well, what is in the other side, it depends on how we are doing things, right? What is the new blueprint that we are establishing right now with the way we are colluding with the always or with the way we are more fluid with what is to come, right? But again, it's that beautiful process of going through a symbolic death. It's an initiation. It's a collective initiation, right? And the, the powers that be want to keep us in fear, but the fear can also prevent us, right? So it's, it's really a choice and there's always free will. In all timelines, there's always free will, right? And the universe will match exactly what will meet us where we are in our consciousness, right? Those of us who see like, wait, this is way beyond my little space. So how am I taking that responsibility? How am I contributing for what is, is possible, right? If we, again go with the flow and go through that beautiful symbolic death, that initiation. And that's the thing in the West, that there's no rites of passage. And in all indigenous traditions, the traditions of my ancestors, the Toltec people, right? The Inca people, there's always rites of passage because that symbolizes a beautiful ending, that serpent shedding. And when we go through that, then we create new space 
We create space, we clear our field so that the, the new can come. It takes being uncomfortable for a moment here. I think the new art's going to be really cool. I'm really excited for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and we have such incredible leaders like you, Mary Lou, who when we get or feel lost, we can look to. I'm so grateful that you're here and that you choose to do this work because when you speak, and the way that you describe it, it's so crystalline. And I think that that's really rare with healers in this space often, that it feels more serpentine. It feels more like, almost like more of a maze. And when you speak, it's like, it's so clear and directed and also really empowering. Mm. So I just want to reflect that back to you and say thank you. <laughs> and we're just so lucky. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. It's really uh, my pleasure to help in any way that I can to know that we are doing it for the descendants, the people that are going to inherit this planet. How can people find you and, and work with you? I'm sure they're like so excited to get a wound healing. Anyone who has a wound is like, sign me up. So how uh, do you have space and how can people work with you? My website, Energy Medicine. I'll put it in the show notes. And people can email me, right? If they want to uh, work with me in any way. Awesome. You're a great person to follow on Instagram. I love following along on Instagram. Mm, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm happy to share with your community. And yeah, here we are in the in the gray unknown in, into the new earth for our planet and all of our relationships. So beautiful to be here. Amazing. Thank you so much for tuning into the 12th House Podcast. We love you. We appreciate you. We know you could be spending your time on a true crime podcast. So we're, we're stoked that you're here and we can do it. Without you. We really could. We love you so much. Also, we really appreciate it when you share the podcast with your friends. If you liked it, if you got something out of this um, and you want to give a little energetic exchange into the digital ethers, share this with a, a pal who might like it, who might get something out of it or share it on your IG stories and tag us and we'll repost you. We like to spread the love. If you have any questions, you can shoot us a note at Holisticism on Instagram, or you can shoot me an email, Michelle at oholisticism.com. And I think that's it. Thanks for tuning in. And I will see you on Friday. Bye. Bye.